the original name of the character Floyd was Frank. This aftermath episode was recorded before the name change. So, when you hear me say Frank, I really mean, you guessed it, Floyd. Enjoy. Welcome to Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, Aftermath, for Prologue, and Chapter 1 of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Cyclone. It's important to know, this is solely a reimagining of the novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and not the 1939 film, or any other iteration of the story. This week's chapters were both pretty short, and while Dark Days has already started with Epilogue Part 1, and this week is Prologue instead of Chapter 1, we get a few common themes that make this pairing of chapters pretty sensible. In Prologue, we get a description of the Eastern Gray Fields. Though I have foregone the introduction of Dorothy in Kansas, I thought it was still necessary to capture and open with that sense of lifeless colorlessness. The Gray Fields in this chapter is actually very similar to Kansas and the Wonderful Wizard of Oz, a comparison that will further cement itself in the coming chapter. We also get an introduction to Fink and Frank, two munchkins with nothing better to do than imagine the death of a witch. Along with their introduction, we get a description of them, this description being somewhat similar to that of the munchkins you'll meet in the L. Frank Baum source material later on. I love the characters of Fink and Frank. I imagine this bit as something you might see in an old uh, sketch comedy show like Kids in the Hall. I feel like these two characters in this moment have a very vaudevillian sense to them. This little introduction to them is an idea that had been rattling around in my head since the early days of my desire to reimagine the story. And in my head, I always imagined their voices being interchangeable with one another and creating an impossibility of telling them apart. I like the idea that once Dorothy meets them, she would never be able to tell who she was talking to or who was talking to her. And... That just brings a smile to my face and, a, and, a, and gives me a good chuckle. For the purposes of the audiobook, though, and the sanity of the listeners, I felt like I really needed to make them more distinguishable. I feel it comes off as unnecessarily confusing and hard to follow otherwise. So, being a fan of Danny DeVito and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I decided that Frank should have the more gravelly voice. This was a decision I made more so I could remember which character I needed to use that voice for. I get confused easily. And while we don't meet Mombi the Wicked Witch of the East, we do get a small sense of who she is. This is a departure from the wonderful Wizard of Oz. In the original source material, the Wicked Witch of the East was unnamed. She was named in other versions and translations of the story, but... You know, I'm not working from them, I'm working from this one. Her story does not end here, however, and it will come back in future chapters. She also plays a very large role in the sequel, Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, which offers a much more 
faithful depiction of Mombi, but not a more faithful depiction of the Wicked Witch of the East. I know that makes little to no sense, but think of it this way. I took two characters and combined them. The story of Mombi for Dark Days of Dorothy Gale is somewhat faithful to that of the Wicked Witch of the East and the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Her depiction in Darker Days of Dorothy Gale is a much more faithful depiction of the character Mombi in the L. Frank Baum sequel, The Marvelous Land of Oz. Does that make any more sense? Anyways, the prologue is technically the arrival of Dorothy in the Land of Oz. We bear witness to the house crushing the cruel witch, but we really don't get a sense of who Dorothy is or exactly how her house ended up here in the first place. In Chapter 1, The Cyclone, we get a description of Kansas, a description of Dorothy's home, and made aware of her situation of being an orphan. Her personal history is not really explored in The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, but it will be greatly explored in the coming chapters of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, and it will become very crucial for the story of Darker Days of Dorothy Gale as something truly tragic. I don't like the idea popularized in other modern takes of the story that her lineage is somehow mysterious and that her mother has some kind of connection to the land of Oz. While there are characters later on that might imply she's some sort of a prophet, it is not and has never been my intention to truly cast her in the light of some kind of savior. As far as my take on the story goes, this is more a story of survival and personal strength. But anyways, back to the wonderful Wizard of Oz. L. Frank Baum wrote this with the intention of telling a story of wonder and adventure. I always think his description of Kansas and Uncle Henry and Aunt Em is somewhat eerie and even a little bit scary. The idea that Kansas has sucked the life out of M to the point that the sound of Dorothy's laughter drives her insane is just it's just something truly grim to me. And the description of the house being only a single room large enough for two beds, a stove, and possibly three chairs is also somewhat eerie to me. Especially when you find out the storm cellar is just a hole in the ground. Of course, though, we do have to remember this is a story that was written in 1900, roughly 30 years before the Great Depression. I'm no historian, nor do I claim to know what life was like back then, but I imagine this grim depiction of farm life in Kansas was probably pretty accurate and representative of the time. It's also a chapter that we meet Toto, Dorothy's dog. Toto's important to the story varies from chapter to chapter, and to me, is, well, kind of a useless character. Notice in prologue, you see the house fall from the sky, you see Dorothy fall from the sky, but there's no sign of Toto. It was a very conscious decision to leave the dog out of the story. I considered the idea of her waking up in Oz only to find Toto dead, but ultimately I decided against even that. Toto is just not relevant to the story I want to tell. So, he simply does not exist in my version. Also, I didn't want to have to worry about what the dog was doing throughout the book. I didn't want to constantly be writing things like, Toto growled in anger, or Toto whimpered in fear, or Dorothy picked up Toto for this reason or that. And so, no, her iconic and beloved dog does not, and will not, show up here. 
And I think that really about covers everything. I hope you enjoyed this look into my writing process. I hope it was entertaining and concise. Most importantly, though, I, I hope you come back for more. And if you're still listening to this, I hope you know just how important you are to me. And know that I appreciate your support more than words can ever describe. So come back next week, when we finally get to meet Dorothy Gale and really get this story moving. <laughs>